Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Evening Hour Network with comedian Jamie Jackson. How you doing? Episode 450. That feels like a nice round number. It's like, should be some kind of anniversary thing. Shut up. That's my uh, laptop pinging me. I'll tell you what, all technology does is just ping you, doesn't it? Ping, ping, ping. It's like, it's like a nagging fucking wife. Um, is that joke sexist? Yes, probably. Get over it. Right, so I'm going to read you my... <laughs> Um, I've been doing stand-up comedy for five years and I'm still learning everything article, which I wrote on Medium the other day that people seem to like. So, here it is. Hello, here I am just checking in. Wait, I hear you cry. Checking into what exactly? And who the fuck are you? Fair point. Here's a quick recap. I began performing stand-up comedy in 2018 and around that time I wrote an article on Medium.com about how Tony Robbins' life coaching helped me cement in my mind comedy was something I really wanted to do. The article about my year of Tony Robbins coaching is here. I just realised I shouldn't have read that bit out because you, you, you can't click on a link. You're listening to this. I'm happy to say it went viral. Well, viral enough to earn me back all the money I spent on coaching. That's viral enough for me. Thank you very much. Side note, I've earned over £4,000 from that one uh, article. Since then, I've sporadically posted on Medium about my comedy career. And it's laughable that I call it career as both a form of cathartic release and perhaps, just perhaps because a few people who read the Tony Robbins article might want to know if I stuck at it or not. Spoiler alert, I have. So here we go. Here's the main bulk of the article. Are you ready? Are you still with me? Good. Then I shall begin. It's been five years since I began in comedy. Except it hasn't. The plague consumed two of those years, blurring days into each other, time travelling us all into the beginnings of 2022 without warning as we wandered around shell-shocked in pyjamas, sporting unkept hair and a Netflix addiction. Is it unkempt or unkept? I think it might be unkempt. That might be a typo. Anyway, in a 12-month period... Due, I'll stop breaking the fourth wall and I'll just read the article, yeah? In a 12-month period during the pandemic, I did one five-minute comedy set. I'm not sure if you, if that counts as doing comedy. But as the pubs and clubs slowly reopened and due to a mad need to get on stage that I still can't explain, I got back into it. And as I write this in spring 2023, I'm at the tail end of a two-month intensive period of gigging. I'm calling it the comedy stretch. A stretch of time, but also a stretch of my skills, tenacity and patience. Also your mum's vagina. I didn't write, didn't write that bit in the article. In short, it's been, it's been tough, but great. I've been performing comedy three to four times a week for the last eight weeks. My act has got better, my jokes have got tighter unlike your mum's funny, and I've looked down the barrel of a few packed-out rooms, sold-out shows, and even more half-empty rooms and open-mic nights that make me question what the hell I am doing with my life. About six weeks into this stretch, I went through a stage of feeling mentally and physically exhausted. Absolutely done, in fact. But, right at this minute, I'm oddly energised and my passion for performing comedy burns as brightly as it ever has. This is a nice bonus, as more often than not, comedians, or at least me... I'm full of self-doubt, apathy, insecurity, fear, self-doubt, and did I mention self-doubt? There are many reasons why this doubt exists. For me, I'm a 44-year-old man and therefore regularly the oldest person on the bill. On stage, I talk a lot about marriage, long-term relationships, parenthood and the like. In contrast, giant throngs of young, exuberant comedians at my level talk about dating apps, fingering, Weatherspoons, fingering, Weatherspoons, fingering, Weatherspoons, hating the Tories, fingering, Weatherspoons, and some cultural references I don't even understand. There is a lot of Harry Potter talk I don't get. All I know is he went to some posh magic school somewhere and a man with a, without a nose tries to kill him. Right, it's a story as old as time, isn't it? Anyway, fine, I'm not criticising. Anything and everything is funny when approached the right way. But often I feel a little out of touch, especially 
uh, and occasionally I feel like a middle-aged fool who doesn't know when to quit. Still, give me a mid-50s audience outside the cynical, sparsely attended shows in London and I'm warmly received and welcomed as a peer, or just a bit younger than a peer, which means that perhaps I make these home county audiences feel both nostalgic and understood. Look, I'm not sure. All I know is these audiences are my people and they're always the best. This has been an interesting thing to discover, but the point here is I need to work on my broader appeal. Lesson. Here's something else I found. Playing real nights, so not open mics, where people have just who have bought tickets to spend their evenings drinking wine and hearing jokes is way easier and more satisfying than performing to 12 people, eight of whom are also on the bill and make up most of the audience. Most open mic nights are both tough and somewhat dispiriting. Fucking dispiriting. I'm editorialising again. Two or three lowly attended open mic gigs in a row has me questioning my sanity. It's not even comedy, it's pretend comedy. It's a fugazi and everyone knows it. But I'm not above this grind, so I've tried to use these nights as an arena to practice material. Recently I wrote a brand new five minute set as an experiment and performed it at one of these nights to complete an utter silence. That's the comedy cat and healing, if you're wondering. It wasn't pleasant, but the stakes were low and if I was going to bomb anywhere, it was best I bombed there. Also, I've learnt consistency is the key. You have to stay match fit and perform on the regular. It's a momentum thing, but that brings it uh, that brings with it its own problems. You see, rolling up to a gig is easy. No equipment, no other people to rely on. It's just you and a notepad. So often you berate yourself for not performing more. It's easy to push to saturation point. Every comedian I know is hungry for stage time and will gobble it up like a hungry dog if, uh, dog if any's on offer. And yet, and yet, here is one of the many contradictions in comedy. Are you ready, listeners, readers? Here we go. We're desperate for stage time, us comedians, but secretly we also loathe it. I mean, at least I do, sometimes, and I strongly suspect I'm not alone. Why? Why this weird dichotomy? Because, is that what dichotomy is? Anyway, because big gigs and full rooms are terrifying, right? Sharing the bill with pro comedians is terrifying. Waiting in a small corridor at the side of a stage for an MC to call out your name to a hideously packed room, thanks Angel Comedy, is terrifying. But also, we all loathe the open mic gigs with no audience. So the question is, what do we actually want as comedians? Everyone wants to perform, but no one gets it on their terms. We all hate the travelling. I don't even need to check this. I know everyone does. So it turns into a love and hate thing. Consequently, performing comedy is like driving a car with both the accelerator and the brake pedals pushed down. This causes mental friction that builds up until it reaches a zenith and quitting comedy becomes a serious option. But comedians at least the ones who stick around, the drop-off rate in comedy is ridiculous. They're weirdos. We're weirdos. And we do this shit because we need to do this shit. It's less of a choice and more of a compulsion. So onward you go until the cycle repeats and the next mini breakdown comes a-knocking. Okay, let's talk about stage fright. Stage fright is the thing that most people who don't perform comedy want to know about because getting on stage to try and make strangers laugh seems utterly insane. Perhaps because it is. Stand-up comedy has no real practical value. It isn't even a natural human activity and it is completely outside the norm of day-to-day behaviour. But this is one of the reasons why I love it. It's an ode to joy. It's a giant fuck you to every straight-laced corporate jerk out there. It's living la vida loca, mate. That's what it is. Nonetheless, that doesn't stop it from being terrifying. I might have already mentioned it. Ricky Martin never talked about this aspect of locoing your vida, did he? The shiny shirted prick. Anyway, suffice to say, I've always been nervous before gigs. Not everyone seems to be, but I am. Out of the 100 gigs I've now performed, I must have had at least one pre-show shit before 96 of them. That's a 96% shit rate. 
is, is why I carry wet wipes with me. Because 96% of the time, you're going to need them 100% of the time. Maths. Don't know if you've heard of it. Before one particularly prestigious gig in London, the room was so packed, my fight or flight instinct nearly overwhelmed me. I was close to tears. Somehow I made it through and it was a good gig. I went into autopilot and got through it, but I've also accepted staring down the barrel of fear's gun is par for the course. Because there is a moment, you see, when you have to decide, am I going to do this? If so, it becomes easier, easier to accept all the hard bits that come with it. Because the hard bits are it. The hard bits are the comedy just as much as the good bits are if you're truly decided you're going to do something then you do it it's as simple as that there's nothing more powerful in the world than a made-up mind so i've come to welcome the fear in fact those four percent of gigs where i haven't had a nervous shit i've got nervous about why i'm not nervous in elizabeth gilbert's big magic she says that anytime we do anything creative fear has to come along for the ride you and creativity will get in the car for a road trip and fear will join you. There it is, in the passenger seat. You don't have to let it dry, but you do have to accept it will be there. So recently, as adrenaline pumped through my body and my mind was blank, a blank slate before I got on stage, I would say, ah, fear, there you are, hello. Now, there's nothing wrong with feeling fear, and this is an important point. It's not a signal you're not up to the job, and it's not a signal you're doing something wrong. It is, in fact, part of the process, the way things have to be. You creativity and fear it's like a threesome but less sexy and more emotionally complicated performing is however only one part of comedy writing is the other part perhaps the biggest part it's the unseen underbelly of comedy well that and all the fucking admin of booking gigs but whatever and the lesson i've learned only just learned in fact is gigging too much means too little writing Though sometimes you get lucky i was having a shower last week and a fully formed routine fell into my head as i was shampooing my hair Thanks very much, Head and Shoulders. This new bit was so promising, I put it in my set that night and it worked out well. I was closing a proper ticketed show, so it was a gamble, but I knew it was a good joke. But it doesn't mostly happen like this. Only two weeks ago, I felt exhausted and could write nothing. I felt about as funny as a spreadsheet, mate. There had been no... Spreadsheet, mate, sounds like an app or something, doesn't it? Have you downloaded Spreadsheet, mate? Anyway, there has been no time to fill up my creative well. And this is how Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way puts it. You need to take breaks. Absorb art. Take time to remember why you loved it in the first place. Go watch some stand-up where you're not involved in it. Go watch some funny films, something like that. That always helps. So currently, every gig is a panic, right? Both in terms of time and emotions. My corporate job has been demanding and trying to fit gigging around the days packed with meetings and emails and deadlines has me distracted, missing meals, scrabbling out the door moments before 5.30 strikes to get to some fucking venue somewhere. It's times like this I envy pro comics who only have to worry about comedy. The ocean of time they must swim in, the jammy fuckers. Okay. I don't want to sound ungrateful, so here are some good things about stand-up comedy. Are you ready? Number one, first, I love performing. From the opening seconds of my first ever gig, I thought, oh, this is a great feeling. I enjoy everyone in the room listening to me talk. I'm not sure we're supposed to admit that, but why the hell are we doing it otherwise? Secondly, number two, that's what comes second. Number two, I'm grateful for the challenge. That's point number two, for having the health the time, the money to do it. In fact, I see it as my duty to pursue my comedy dreams as a form of gratitude and respect. I don't want to waste my faculty's energy and time when there are such opportunities to take. It feels ungrateful just to sit around and do nothing. Nonetheless, I am acutely aware I need to strike a balance with family life. You see, it doesn't matter why you're missing family life, whether it's for 
a career, a dream or just a pub. The fact is you're still missing it. No one at home cares about your reasons. They just know you're not there. Putting food on the table isn't enough. That doesn't make a good husband or father. That's the bare minimum. So these last two months have taught me to slow down a bit. I have to accept my comedy journey is to be slower than others. See, young comedians, right, living in a house share in fucking Clapham or uh, somewhere like that, working casual jobs, they can gig five times a week. I can't. Or I can if I want to let every other aspect of my life fall by the wayside, but no thanks. So, here's the big question. Do I feel as if I've improved? Undoubtedly. Recently I had a gig which gave me a glimpse of the next level of this game, right? I was calm, I was confident, I was connecting with the singular body of the audience, I was controlling them with looks and words and movements, I was in the flow, it was if a mistake, if, and if I made any mistakes I ran with them and I turned them into jokes too, it felt like I couldn't do anything wrong. And I've waited patiently for five years for that moment for a performance that I knew I could deliver. Of course, comedy has a great way of reminding you that you're not all that and a bag of chips, And so I've done my best to be humbled and educated by both the good and the bad gigs equally. Everyone is a lesson and it's up to me to be a good student. Now, this might sound wanky, all right? But if I start thinking about those laughs being for me, if I start thinking, fuck, everyone loves me, I'm an idiot. People are laughing for the jokes, the creativity, the energy, for the love in the room. Jazz pianist, yes, I am about to quote jazz pianist, jazz pianist, Ahmed Jamal said about creativity, I don't care who you are, we are all only receiving vessels. We don't create, we only reflect. And I I fucking love that. And it's only when I take my time and I'm present do things go well. Right? Only if I take my time to be that receiving vessel. So I've stopped trying so much and I've begun to feel. I did say this would sound wanky. I don't really know what feeling means. It's just a tip of an idea, a hint of truth. And I'm Mostly still a clueless man trying to grasp a hold of it. But what I do know is creativity is a skill and it can be honed. It can be fostered through consistency. And it wants to show up and find you working. You've got to respect it. So, who knows what finding balance in this comedy game might mean. I'm yet to work that out. That's another challenge and it's another layer. But I'm yet to work out how to have a 10-minute set without any slumps anyway. I'm still yet to work out how to be... uh, how to best to open my set. I don't, still don't have an open. I'm yet to still work out what best to wear on stage. And I'm still yet to work out how to get better at all this damn admin. So five years and I'm still learning everything. I'm still a student, but I guess that's the point. Right? See you on the next pod.